Hi everyone, my name's Dave. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to SportStack Weekly Analysis by AlphaStack, where you can get your weekly discussion on everything SportStack. This is a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter if you haven't already at AlphaStack Group. And don't forget to check out our weekly blog posts at www.alphastack.co.uk. Right, enough of the admin. Let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year and welcome back to another episode of the SportStack Weekly Analysis Podcast. Thank you for joining us in 2021. My name is Dave and as usual, Jay is with me. Jay, how have you done uh, over the holiday period, you know, in terms of football, betting, health? Um, how was your Christmas? You know, all of that stuff. How, how have you got on? Um, so, yeah, football, football betting, uh, not not great on sports stack, but I had a couple of decent ones on um, on Betfair. So I can't really complain from that perspective. Um, health down the drain um i like you know i imagine most people would have just absolutely picked out um i actually got like the reese's eight ounce cups oh <laughs> yeah there's like two out. well no no no. I, I got them for christmas i didn't specifically go out and buy these and i i still haven't even touched them but oh right okay i was assuming you'd already put them away oh no 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 they yeah no, they are like, yeah, there's two of them in there and they're eight ounces each. They're fucking huge. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it was a, it was a great Christmas. Um, spent, spent most of the time having to, uh, having to watch Harry Potter back to back because of my nine-year-old brother. But yeah, I can't, can't complain too much. That's half the reason that I didn't actually get to do um, as much trading as I, as I was hoping to, I suppose. Um, what about you? Yeah, it was a good Christmas period. Obviously, plans um, being in Tier 4, plans got scuppered uh, quite significantly, but you, you make of it what you can. Um, and it's been it's been quite a fast start to 2021. Um, obviously, this is the, the first time we're recording. It's, it's the 7th of, of January, so we've actually had a couple of weeks off, um, and there's a lot to catch up on. But um, Obviously, part of the reason we've not done any recording is you're now in a new job. I'm in a new flat. So the start of this week uh, wasn't really going to work was, for either of us. No, no. The start of this week was um, an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah. We've got most of that out of the way now, though. Um, I think we're both getting settled into our, our new uh, habitats one way or another. So we've got we've got a lot that we can talk about. I think in, in terms of the football, actually... Our trading was relatively light over Christmas, but there is the small matter of the closure of career markets that obviously we can't uh, we can't kind of gloss over. Given I think I think it was the day it happened, we'd actually released uh, a podcast that I I really enjoyed doing with with Dan Jackknife, um, <laughs> yeah. and probably about ninety seven percent of that was focusing on career markets. So it was quite it was quite a shame to see all those uh, bets being refunded that evening. Do you know what? It, it hadn't actually clocked in my head that we released that podcast um, in the morning and then careers got closed that evening. It just did not click in my head at all. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it was a little bit heartbreaking because sort of I think it just gave you know careers gave everybody that completely different element. Like 
you know, if I'm if I'm watching Burnley, for example, I will passively watch Burnley like most of the time. Like I generally don't do a huge amount of match day trading on Burnley players, um, and I'll shoot myself in the foot. Um, yeah. Later on this evening, <laughs> later on in the podcast, sorry, but obviously having Nick Pope on careers, I was watching and I I was cheering the opposition arms like yeah just shoot from 30 yards like as long as it beats all the defenders and then it's just a dribbler i don't care do it yeah yeah <laughs> um, take those save points yeah exactly take the save points and then take the ball recovery if it's a dribbler he's just gonna pick it up right yeah <laughs> so you get beautiful. plus six instead of plus five um but yeah i mean you know i think the moment i found out is um i think ben tagged me in something on slack because there was some there was somebody mentioning in the careers market chat that um like my my portfolio value has just gone to to nothing or um i've had all my cash back or, or something like that and ben tagged me and sort of i opened up slack looked at the chat i was thinking what the hell is going on opened the app and at, at that point, nothing had actually happened to my portfolio. So I was thinking, oh, it's just a glitch. Oh, it's just a glitch. And then more and more people started saying it. And then I checked my app again. I was like, oh, wait, yeah. Shit. And I think that's when I messaged you. I was like, there's some, like, there's some shit going down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had not seen any of it until you sent me. I think you sent me a screenshot. And I was like, that looks odd. Uh, yes. And I, yeah, I went on my on my app and I was sitting there with, I was fully in cash. I had no bets open, and I think we we've kind of learned that everything sports stack do is is very deliberate. So you knew there was something, I suppose, quite serious going on for this to be happening. It wasn't. It probably wasn't going to be like an error or um, something very short term, like getting all of your money refunded. Uh, that that doesn't commonly happen. So I suppose part of the discussion here is is going to be how do we feel about it having. We spent a lot of time working on on aspects of the careers markets in terms of what we've added to, you know, we we did the new website, we've added uh, various bits to the website, um, and all, all that stuff is is at least for the time being doesn't really matter anymore. I suppose we both have a bit of an emotional investment with it, but in terms of your trading, you know, saying that in the sort of the days afterwards, did you find yourself thinking? you know, you, you had an interest in, as you mentioned, like Burnley or maybe Southampton, and then it's come to it and you've been like, oh, hold on, I don't actually have any interest in those games anymore. Yeah, I think um, something you said sort of before we before we started recording was like you, I can't remember which Southampton game it was, but sort of you, you were on about the Southampton game and you were thinking, oh, yeah, like I've got Shea Adams in this, and then you go, oh, actually, no, no, I don't yeah. anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like I, I've had that feeling a couple of times, and obviously it just then like sinks in even more that you know, you know, we we don't have careers markets, which is you know, it's it's a massive shame. I mean, the the positive of careers closing, um, if if you can find one, and I suppose if you're in this boat, then you probably can find it quite quite quickly. Um, is the fact of the way sports stack went about it is that whatever you would bet whatever your bet was, if it was, if that particular um, trade was in a, like a loss position, you would get your money back. Um, 
So Timo Werner, who has been <laughs> absolutely shit ever since yeah. Korea's markets came out, we all got our money back. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mind having my money refunded. I'd not done a whole lot on there. So what I got back was essentially what I'd bet in the first place, um, plus any dividends that are coming. So I, I didn't do too bad off it. I know that some people might have been out of pocket if they'd done a bit of trading in and out. So I, you know, I was in a position where it wasn't too much of a problem. But ultimately, sports that were able to to return, you know, the stakes that, that were kind of outstanding. Timo <laughs> Werner was annoying because you know there was there was a point where I could have traded out and made and, and sort of kept a substantial amount of profit on him. I I didn't see this coming. The only thing that has surprised me actually a little is that he didn't score the first game after career markets were closed because that would have been like the cherry on the icing on the cake i i, I did i did do a little bit of digging because i mean anyone who listens regularly will know how much i love xg stats and since the opening of career markets i think that was the 13th of november timo Werner has underperformed his xg more than anyone else in the league bar ollie watkins I don't. I don't want to have a discussion about like whether Timo Werner is better than Ollie Watkins or not. I mean, Ollie Watkins is getting tons of chances at Villa, and he's really struggling to to finish them. Since career markets opened, Ollie Watkins hasn't scored. Uh, so you know he's playing in a team that's that's free flowing and playing well, and he's not scored. Werner is playing in a Chelsea team that is is rapidly crumbling, um, and he's he's not managed to score either. I don't know what you can say about him it's it's just he's gone really bad in particularly actually in the run-up to career markets opening he was having a great time but a lot of the goals were coming from the spot i think but he'd flashed this this dividend brilliance that certainly had both of us excited well yeah i think um you know on on our spreadsheet at least if he was able to keep up some sort of form um, we were looking at, you know, at least three pound fifty, um, sort of pushing more towards the four, four pound ten, four pound twenty mark if he could, you know, embed and sort of improve on his dividend returns. Like, you know, we we were looking at quite a sizable gain in terms of dividend returns over the course of his career, but he just got shit. This is literally the only thing we can say about it. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, in a year's time, he will have he will have turned that around. Because at the moment, I feel like he's becoming a bit of a meme, and in a way, the closure of careers means that I can join in laughing at him rather than rather than sitting there waiting for waiting for his form to turn and waiting for him to to put something away. Because I mean, he did miss what will probably go down as one of the worst worst Premier League misses in history. Uh, so at that point, I was I was kind of thinking, is there any way back? Like, if he can't score that, what can he score? And, you know, something will go in at some stage, but I I don't know. I, it's not my problem to deal with now, which is, is nice. I think to just to sort of finish um, with Timo Werner, I'm pretty sure he's played, what, two or three games since the closure of careers? I've definitely shorted him in two of those games. Uh, so, yeah, the, the games that he's started, I've shorted him, which I think is two. That's the thing. Obviously, Frank's shown a hell of a lot of faith in him, whether he's mostly playing out on the left wing. And that was kind of like, I think, the final straw. He got brought off at half time against Arsenal. And which then, 
Yes, it worked out very nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, he got brought off at half time against Arsenal, which where I think I think Lampard has shown a hell of a lot of patience in him. And then the mm-hmm. next game, he was he was starting on the bench, and I don't know if that's him. You know, you could argue he's being rested because he's played a lot of football, but there's there's just a point where other people need chances, and actually. If you're managing that Chelsea side, you probably want Christian Pulisic starting on that left wing anyway. Yeah, um, you want you want a front three from left to right of Pulisic, Werner, and um, Ziyech. Yeah, you'd think so. I think it's about time that the other players, uh, particularly Pulisic, are starting to get chances on on that side, and Werner's going to have to work his way back into the team. But let's not dwell on that. Obviously, the closure of careers. A lot of people are asking why. And, yes. you know, I think, I think you know, straight away we were saying, what's going on? Why is this happening? And in Sportstack's statement, there was sort of reference to issues or uncertainties with the Gambling Commission, as well as I think the FCA, about kind of the, the, the nature of the bet. So it being a longer term bet, this is a fairly, it's an innovative product. It's something that regulatory bodies haven't really had to deal with that much in the past and it's certainly a growing market we're seeing more and more products appearing that are trying to 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 sort of do this this sort of thing you're not just betting on a game you're not betting on um the result of a game you're betting on a player over an extended period i think the first thing to get to jay is that we can draw a line under some of the speculation yes we've chatted to, to christian and nick now there's a bit of uh, a bit of time has passed and what we can confirm is that length of bet is not the reason that careers has closed. So that that's the first thing to understand. So people have, have guessed that because sports that career markets, the bet was until the, the end of the player's career, that is the reason that they're closing. And you can understand why people might think that because you essentially have like an indefinite maturity on your bet. Like you don't have any visibility. If you're betting on, I don't know, Man United to beat Burnley, on Tuesday, you know that bet is going to finish at the end of that game. Whereas Jack Grealish could play until he's forty-seven, and I mean, in the end, that only works in the favour of the in the favour of the the better. I suppose it, you know if he retires next week, then that works in the favour of the bookie. That's kind of what you're betting on. Yeah, but I think that's probably what the what the gambling commission are trying to. Um, trying to minimise or mitigate any risk from, from either side is that obviously these these multi-year bets, you know, anything can happen and, you know, your your stakes could be at massive, massive risk. Um, like, you know, somebody gets a career-ending injury at the age of 23, 24 um, on careers markets. Obviously, you know, 22, 23, they're probably going to be a little bit cheaper, especially if they're a sorry, be a bit more expensive um, because of how much or how long they've potentially got left in their career. You might pay £6 for someone. They get injured, career-ending injury. Your £6 times however many shares you've got is potentially down the drain, Um, which, you know, I... That's what I imagine the Gambling Commission may be trying to... uh, put a lid on trying to not give users or the bookies that level of risk yeah so there is there is a 
obviously a lot of uncertainty with the time horizon that long. Um, but yeah, having having spoken to um, having spoken to Christian and Nick at Sports Stack, the length of the bet specifically is not the reason that the, the career markets shut down. So obviously we're we're left to kind of speculate and work out maybe why it is that they've taken the decision to close the career markets and. I wanted to use that term quite carefully, the decision to close, because I I think that it's potentially a move taken ahead of, you know, any real need for action. What we know is that Gambling Commission has kind of ramped up pressure significantly on bookies over the last few years. They've got on their website and, you know, anyone can go onto the Gambling Commission's website and see they've got their strategy for, for the period 2018 to 2021 and their business plan for each individual year in that period and for um the the latest year there is reference to product design in the business plan so i think maybe i mean you know it could be putting two and two together to get five but there is a focus probably particularly with this this kind of corner of the the industry growing um and growing quite quickly there's going to be a renewed focus on actually what is this product going to achieve what are the risks involved with it and i would i would guess that sports stack have you know maybe they've seen some regulatory change or issues that they might run into and they've decided they don't want to take that on so they've they've wound it all up at a point where they can pay kind of pay people's money back you've got to give it to sports stack in in the sense of they paid everyone back um yeah it's very very good and you know you can't really can't really say a bad word about them you know for the fact that they paid everybody back and if you were in paper profits um where your sort of portfolio value was more than you'd um paid for it they honored those paper profits as well yeah so i mean that's the thing in the end they've made everyone whole if you made a losing trade and you closed it out then that's unfortunate. If you made a winning trade and you closed it out, then well done. But ultimately, people people are getting back the vast majority of what they put in. I think, well, I think you would have done well to lose a significant amount of money on there um, in the time that it was open. Aside from if probably if, if you had, if you, if you panic sold Verna. Timo Werner, if you yeah. bought Timo Werner when he, I think he got up to about three pound fourteen at one point, um, yeah. and then if you panic sold him at like the two. 50 mark i think might have been one of the low points um i might be wrong then yeah i mean yeah you would have lost money but that is you know ultimately on you because that's a bet that you've closed yeah yeah that's pretty much it so they've made it clear enough that they want to focus now actually on super stack which is an interesting thing um i think the product the match day product the match day exchange is is pretty complete as it goes so it may kind of they may pivot back to what nick had told us about i think it was last summer when they first introduced super stack and kind of possibilities of doing accumulators and betting on the worst player in the game as well as the best player in the game stuff like that yeah so that will be interesting um That'd be interesting for sure i mean i mean yeah maybe i shouldn't mention it i might get told off by you and half of the uh half of the community if i mention it mention what go on uh just like you know they can focus on a new sport now can't they 
Oh yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, I I certainly won't mind the addition of another sport. Um, so we'll see we'll see where that goes. Um, but Superstack seems to be priority. One thing I I personally would like to wrap up with is well, some of the stuff that we saw on Slack and on Twitter actually when it was being announced and you know people's money was being given back there were people saying that the sports stack maybe hadn't done their homework on the regulations and i can't say that it is or isn't true categorically but i do think it's quite a quite a conclusion to jump to and actually even worse than that there were people saying that they had knowingly ignored regulations just to launch a product and i can't get my head around anyone wanting to voice that opinion because it's so stupid obviously (laughs) nick and christian and everyone else there they've put years and years and there are investors who have put a huge amount of money into getting the platform live and obviously careers isn't the the core product it wasn't the the thing that sports tag launched with but you're not going to put months into planning it if you are under the impression that it isn't okay to launch it i mean slack slack can obviously slack can become a bit of an echo chamber and i saw people sort of they were essentially guessing on there about maybe what's happening and i i i can't say that i know uh but i think it's illogical to suggest that Sportstack hadn't done their research on on the product that they were launching, and yeah, well, I mean, I look, <laughs> um, and obviously this is just a personal thing. Like I, you know, if, if I'm going to draw conclusions on people, then you know, I judge it by my conversations with those people, um, and obviously, you know, we've had Nick on the pod three times, um, and obviously we've spoken to him on various occasions um sort of just outside you know in terms of planning when he's going to come on and and stuff like that so i'll put my neck out on the line here from a personal point of view but i 100 percent do not in any way shape or form believe that you know sports stack as a whole and especially with nick and christian didn't go to the gambling commission say that this is what we've got and this is what we want to do um i just i knowing their background as well and and my personal judge of character i just genuinely cannot see that happening yeah i really can't i think i think logically when you yeah you can, when you consider the amount of time effort money that's gone into it you would say that anyone with half a brain so is probably going to try and cover the bases <clears throat> but also from the conversations we've had i think if you listen to it to any of the podcasts where we've spoken to nick you can tell that the guys at sports stack have their heads screwed on and this this is why i think that the move was probably preemptive and this is something that they've they've decided they're going to nip it in the bud while they can that's that's why i think that this decision was preemptive um and it's not a case of them just flouting the rules and then it catching up with them Opta has been uh, a focal point of the podcast the last the last couple of podcasts that we put out because of issues that people had highlighted on Slack stuff like that. 
Sportstack have started the new year with an update for people. So obviously people were, were desperate, I think, for some communication on what was going on with Opta. And there are a couple of points in a post on the announcements channel on Slack from Sportstack mm-hmm. that, that people will be very interested in. So Jay, do you want to um, kind of take us through what what they've updated us on? Yeah, so there's there's pretty much um, two two things here. So the sort of definition for um, tackle missed has been changed so the the old definition for anyone who isn't fully aware um was this is where a player attempts to challenge for the ball and does not make it and the new definition is now a player unsuccessfully attempts to tackle an opponent making no contact with the ball as the opponent dribbles past them so you can see that it is effectively now as far as I suppose you and I can tell, Dave, is that if, say, say for example, you had the ball, I went to tackle you, but you dribbled past me, I yeah. would get tackle missed, and therefore you would get successful dribble. I mean, we both know that that would never, ever happen anyway, but that is effectively <laughs> how it, how I think we believe that it should probably work now. Yes. I think so. And to me, that's logical anyway. Yeah. I mean, if I'm if I'm the defender and I'm just standing there as you dribble past me, I'm not sure how that would work. But I imagine if I haven't made an attempt um, to, you know, even just stick a leg out or anything, and I've literally just stood there like a lemon, um, I probably wouldn't get tackle missed because I haven't even attempted and you've just, like, run past me. So, I mean, successful dribble has been an interesting one because I think there have been points where we've thought, does that not count as a successful dribble? But I yeah. think maybe now this might start to clarify some things. So if a player doesn't have a missed tackle, it's deemed they've not made an attempt to tackle. Therefore, it's not really a successful dribble because the guy with the ball has, has basically gone past him um, without having to, to, you know, dodge a challenge. Yeah, it's like, you know, when you're in the garden playing football with, like, a six-year-old sibling, like, it's not a challenge, is it? Yeah, okay, basically that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then the the other thing that Sportslack have sort of said is that they, they are in um, constant contact with Opta because, obviously, there has been uh, a lot of people, I think, you know, ourselves included who have constantly been noting, look, this has been missed, that's been missed. What like what is going on? Um, especially, you know, I think sort of through December it was probably the worst. Um yeah. so what what is happening now is sports like themselves are compiling data. So, you know, if if you're watching a game and you're, you know, in on the Slack channel and there's something you see that happens on the pitch and it should be reflected in the point scoring, but it's not, you need to voice that. Um, voice it basically the the minute it happened, the player or players involved and what should have happened, uh, as in, like, what the allocation should have been. 
um, yeah. because basically all of that data will get, end up getting put into a report and it will go to opt-in they'll try and you know do whatever I, I don't know how it works from that point onwards um if i'm being totally honest but from what we know um you know from the announcement and from what i think lewis has been saying on the chat is that look they are constantly compiling reports i mean opta opta have said that they believe that the quality has not dropped off over the festive period um which i'm i'm sure everybody can come to their own um judgment on on that part from opta yeah people people will have their own view on that uh i guess uh, kind of as you say jay if you spot a thing it's just rather than it being a rant because i i mean i understand and actually perhaps i wasn't sympathetic enough before when we talked about this because i thought people were maybe complaining a little too much but it was particularly in the games that i traded at least over christmas it was it felt quite prevalent um and it is really annoying but if you can rather than ranting as it were um try and yeah make it as constructive as possible and as jay says include as much information as you can um just the the two things to, to point out again is one and i think sports stack included this in the announcement channel on that particular post was that the job opt to do have is very labor intensive so that's you know it is there will continue to be errors you suspect or there'll be like tiny little differences in judgment or whatever it's it's going to be really difficult to get that perfect but we're, we're looking for an improvement and the thing really for sports stack is that they need this to work as well as as the traders do or you know because if if it's not a reliable feed then they don't really have a product so there I'd, I'd say bear with sports stack and just try and be as constructive as possible yeah i mean look at, at the end of the day in in a really nice and roundabout way any attributes that are missed don't directly impact sports stack right because when you place a bet on the match day exchange you're not the liquidity the liquidity hasn't come from sports stack it's come from the liquidity provider so it doesn't necessarily directly impact them where it does impact sports stack is people getting pissed off and leaving and that's where sort of at the end of the statement it, you know they have said look of course it's in our best interest to um make sure that everything is as accurate as possible and they're right because you know if people get um too annoyed about things being missed then if you know if they don't come back and it's it's that thing where i suppose one bad review or one bad mouthing is you know worth it's 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 a it has a bigger impact sorry than 100 good reviews yeah exactly that's about all we need on Optra, I think, this week because we've, we've talked about it so much. But, you know, that's quite a, quite a positive thing that we're, we're starting to see some action there. So hopefully we'll, uh, we might start to see some improvement soon um, and that will make match day trading more, more fun for everyone. Time for a small review of the Christmas period, I'd say. I really enjoyed the fact that we didn't do any pods over Christmas because it meant I didn't have to talk too much about 
Palace losing 7-0 home to Liverpool and then losing 3-0 away to a 10-man Aston Villa side. So that it was nice to sort of skip past that. Uh, Jay, did you have any particular highlights or lowlights from, from the Christmas period? Um, bear with me, because my phone has just decided to um, play up a little bit. Um, oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the, the big highlight for me was... Um, Actually, it, it was actually uh, that seven nil. Um, oh, good, excellent. Just, just, just from an FPL perspective, um, for that week. Oh, okay, um, fine. But fine. no, no, from a from a trading perspective, uh, I think I was pretty much very similar to you. I didn't, I didn't take on a huge amount. Um, and again, you know, that's that's largely just down to the fact that you know, um, I hadn't hadn't really been to see that side of the family um, since July. Um, so obviously yeah. I was very much, very much preoccupied for a, a huge amount of time up there. Um, but the games I did trade on, I think Boxing Day went fantastic. I think I made three trades all day and they all turned out green. Um, then I decided that like, okay, I'm going to try and find some time. Cause like, if I can make some extra money over Christmas, fantastic. Um, and like it all went horribly wrong. Like I shorted both keepers in Leeds Burnley. So glad I got out of them, but it's still quite horrible. <laughs> yeah, that that Burnley game annoyed me for other reasons. Um, but yeah. we can get to that. I think I longed Harry Kane against Wolves, and he paid out like thirty five p. Um. And I think I upped my yeah I, I upped my uh, my exposure for that because I was so confident with Harry Kane. Um, oh, so that wasn't down to to like hitting a, a threshold for upping your staking plan. It was that was a, a conscious decision to go big. Yeah, yeah, it was a conscious decision to go big. Um, and you know, the next time that I longed Harry Kane, I went back to my normal stake and he standard scored uh, <laughs> yeah and and got an assist actually and obviously i was back down to uh to standard stakes which is quite quite annoying and quite frustrating <laughs> yeah it feels like stuff like that happens too often yeah every time you go that little bit bigger it just you know this the, the footballing gods just say no nah, not today mate yeah um, but how good is it when it pays off? It's fantastic when it pays off. Yeah, that's um, why we play this game. I think the time it paid off is I was short 400 David De Gea against uh, Leicester. That, that's did, when it did paid he get off. An, did he score an own goal in the end? No, he didn't. No. But he, he pretty much done nothing. Um, he made one save and conceded twice. Uh, got a couple of ball recoveries, a keep a sweeper and 16 passes made so like he finished on 28p score uh, as a result his his actual first involvement was in the 25th minute wow so you must have been sit- sitting there for the first 20 minutes just rubbing your hands together uh yeah then he went up like 6p um or something stupid like that then he conceded a couple of minutes later so it's fine I was like, oh, we're back to where we were. <laughs> right, okay. 
No, I, I mean, I, I didn't take, uh, yeah, I didn't take a whole lot of Christmas in the end. I did trade the Arsenal Chelsea game where I think we we both had some, some success shorting Timo Werner around about half time. In fact, at half time, and he came. Yeah, off. I, I think I pretty much, I, I actually shorted him probably about twenty seconds before they said. I think it was on BT. No, it was was that on Prime? That was. Mm. Good question. I can't remember. Well, wherever it was on, I shorted him about 20 seconds before they announced it on whichever channel it was on that there are changes happening for Chelsea at halftime. Like, they didn't say who, but they said there are going to be changes for Chelsea at halftime. Um, so I was like, oh, do I do more? Like, And I was thinking, no, you're already short enough, Timo Werner. Like, if he stays on now, you could be screwed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think I timed that, timed that pretty, pretty damn well. Nice. Yeah. See, I mean, I had, I, I did the same thing. So, so I shorted him at half time. Um, I might have been in just before you, so I might have got a slightly better price. But in the yeah, end, that, <laughs> yeah, only very slightly. But in the end, it, it, it wouldn't have made much of a, a difference because I, I had a bit of a, well, quite a loss on Thiago Silva. Um, who was looking really good at half time? Even I think they, were, I think yeah, Chelsea were two 0 down at half time, and he was yeah. still looking right. He was maybe on 40, 45 p, uh, and then second half he did very very little. Conceded again, got a yellow card, missed a couple of chances just to rub salt in the wound, um, and that that kind of undid all of the good work on on team at half time. So that was a bit of a pain. Um, the Burnley Leeds game that you mentioned earlier. Where yes. you had shorted both keepers, I was, I mean, you know, the way Leeds approach every single game, they're going to give up chances. And yeah. again, against Burnley, they did. Um, I think Chris Wood was 35p and Ashley Barnes was 33, something like that. And I looked at them and just thought that that's quite cheap. Like I, I had said to myself that I wasn't going to back strikers on the basis that picking a goal scorer is very tough. But those were were trades where I thought the downside is is reasonably limited. And it was one of the the great refereeing injustices that I remember this season. Um with oh God. Yeah, whoever now, now I remember this. I don't know who the referee was, but uh Ben be Mee. <laughs> it was it was appalling. Ben Mee's gone up for that header from from like a deep free kick into the Leeds box. He's facing the ball with the keep with Ilan Melier coming behind him, and the referee's given a foul on Ben Mee for going to try and head the ball. And Melier's essentially made a bad decision, and the ball's dropped to Ashley Barnes, and he's tucked it in the, he, he banged it in the top corner, actually. It was a really nice finish. Um and I was delighted. And what happened? What happened was the referee disallowed it. And Ashley Barnes, quite rightly, was annoyed. But that was reflected in his play for the rest of the game as he gave away foul after foul, um, talked himself into the book. And there was definitely a point where I'd, I was looking at it thinking, like, I think he'd already given away like five fouls. And I was thinking, I, I should probably trade out of this. He's, he's on for a yellow card. Um, and I, I did the thing that I said at the start of the season, I won't do, which is just say, sod it, whatever. And I, I did that. And he went and got his yellow card. Uh, and I, I just had to stomach it. And that was really annoying. But it was, 
like that moment when the goal was wrongly, I think wrongly disallowed, um, resulted in in the game just unraveling for him. Um, so that was a bit frustrating. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much exactly the same as you because I think I worked it out in my head that Melier probably would have got um, missed catch or claim. Yep. Potentially error leading to goal because he's dropped the ball and been yeah, and then he would have been and then goal nowhere near the goal. Yeah, and goal conceded. So that's what um, 14, 14. Yeah, but what he got was plus two, so it was a swing of sixteen p. Oh, that's grim. That is really grim. I which mean, is, I mean, it's it's not far off the swing for you, which would have been um, plus twenty. Because obviously it wasn't as if Ashley Barnes conceded the foul. So obviously he was just yeah. missing the, the plus 20. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, that was that was, that was was annoying. I mean, I I tend to sit by all the VAR stuff and just think I'm not going to get wound up about it because the people in power are going to change the game the way they want to change the game. And if they want to bring in video <laughs> assistant refereeing, if they want to make it work one way or another... I can't get too wound up about it. So like, I've I've learned to even let let decisions go when Palace are on, on the wrong end of them because it's just the way it's, it's going to work out. And but with with that one, I was I was genuinely stunned at how a referee looking at the game had come to that decision, and it just led to to Ashley Barnes playing a very angry game of football. Um, so that was a bit annoying. Um, I did. I mean, I, up, I could but... make it worse for you. Go like on. if the referee had blown his whistle about three seconds later, that would have gone to VAR and the goal would have probably would have stood. Yeah, that was it actually because the referee <laughs> blew, I think, before Barnes hit the shot, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was a uh, it was weird, really weird. It would have yeah, it would have gone to VAR. That's a fair point. Um, I did manage to make that up though because again, a bit of a punt. Uh, I'd gone long Jeffrey Schlapp against Sheffield United. Schlapp is. He's actually quite inconsistent on sports stack, but he is one of our biggest goal threats, probably behind Zahar and Benteke. And I thought Sheffield United will prepare for Zahar and Benteke reasonably well. They'll play five at the back. They'll probably be able to double up on either one. Um, and that might leave a bit of room for, for Jeff to pop up. Uh, so going long on him, I think it was at 39p. You know, I mean, I thought that was quite cheap given we're playing a side with two points all season. Um, and he popped up and got his goal. And it was a bit of a lucky goal, actually, as well. Um, took a deflection, but got his goal in the third or fourth minute. Um, so I, I cashed out and uh, and sat there. You know, I wasn't happy to see him go off injured, but I felt <laughs> I felt vindicated in my decision to do so because I, I know there will be certain people who have said, no, you should let that run. Um, but I I took I took my profit and, and sat there happily. But, um, I mean, if he, yeah, if he is out for any extended period, that will be a real miss for us. Um, but yeah, that was yeah, that was a nice I mean, trade because I haven't had one work out quite like that and quite that quickly for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I I know of someone, and I'm not going to name names, who would have absolutely 100% told you to just let it ride because you know after he scored, you were already in profit anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's I'm I'm quite glad that you have clearly been listening to me. <laughs> and took some profits. Um, I think. I think some other traders, not to be named, 
should probably pay more attention to some of the stuff that I say. Not all of it, because some of the stuff I say and do is just completely mental. Um, but <laughs> when we're talking about cashing out and banking some profits, I think I think I need to be listened to a little bit more on some occasions. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know who you are, the person that Jay's referring to. It yeah, could no, be I'll... more than one. There definitely could be more than one. Oh, there we go. I feel, yeah, I feel vindicated on this occasion for taking my profit, and that worked out quite nicely. In respect of a preview, because, I mean, we have three games available to comment on, mm-hmm. uh, so there isn't a whole lot to say, particularly given I think two of them will be quite hard to call, um, so that's Sheffield United versus Newcastle and Wolves versus Everton. I'm, I'm not really sure... I would want to pick either of those. I feel like Sheffield United are at least due one more point some some point soon. Um, and home to Newcastle might be a chance for them to to get that point, but I I don't know. I just don't know. And then you know Wolves and Everton is a uh, is again quite difficult to split. Yeah, both of them. Both of them, I think I struggle with in terms of seeing how how either of those games could go. I mean. Newcastle could and probably should beat Sheffield United, but where does the goal come from? Um, yeah. Wolves, Everton, both teams could be absolutely fantastic on their day. Um, both teams could be absolute shite as well. <laughs> yeah. You, you, it's that, that game in itself i think if you are if you're looking to trade that game on tuesday um just watch the first 10 15 minutes see how each team is sort of going to approach the game um before you before you make any conclusions and obviously what is absolutely nailed on going to happen is wolves do something they've done previously and go to an lap inside 5 minutes and the game is all but done <laughs> so yeah. but yeah my personal thought process with that is if that is going to be the game that you are deciding to watch because obviously it, it could be a lot more exciting than the other quarter past eight kickoff um maybe give it 10 15 minutes first see how the game's panning out before you make a judgment call on um the the match flow and which players you think are going to are going to perform yeah, I mean, we, that's the thing, because with Wolves, they're obviously missing the focal point of their attack and they're having to adapt. And they've, I think they've been quite pragmatic doing that. Um, Everton, well, similarly, Everton, we've seen them playing some really good football this season. And we've also seen them essentially, you know, they're kind of like a, an upmarket Burnley at times. And, you know, they've got four centre-halves across their back four, um, Tom Davies playing in uh, in holding midfield, and they're they're playing you know real anti football. And Ancelotti's had to deal with a lot of injuries there, um, yeah. and he's he's played quite a few systems. I think trying to get around you know missing Richarlison or missing Hammers at times. Um, but both of those guys will be available against Wolves, so it could be a very good game. But I don't know. Um, one thing on Sheffield United versus Newcastle is. Here you have probably two of the the highest price keepers, um, and I'd I'd be quite interested to see how both of those pan out because I wouldn't be surprised if both of them underperform their price. 
Uh, I think Darlow's 50p and Ramsdale might be like 52. It'd be about the same. Um, mm-hmm. They're both over 50p to buy, I'm pretty sure. Ramsdale 50. and Oh, Ramsdale 50, Darlow 50. Um, I, I think they will both underperform that price. But there's a reason I'm not betting on it. I, I don't think I don't think I want to take that uh, <laughs> at this stage. Yeah. So no. we'll see. The other quarter past eight kickoff is Burnley versus Man U. So Jay, you've got you've got a trade on this one. Yeah, I don't think many people will um, be surprised to hear. But actually, no, they might do. I'm I'm actually long Nick Pope this time. Um, Very good. <laughs> and that's you know that's just purely down to the fact that I think you know. A, I've been here before. Um, yeah. Sort of where Man United just ended up having to take long pop shots, and obviously Nick Pope just eats that up all day. Um, you know, as I think, as we've said a number of times, Burnley are hard to break down, um, unless you're Man City. But then, you know, when you're Man City, you're you're not playing against Nick Pope either. You're playing against some. Poor, um, poor soul who's sort of played one game for Burnley all season and got absolutely hammered. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a, that's a real stinker to like get called up for one game and that be that be it. But and City away. <laughs> yeah, imagine. Poor kid. Um, but yeah, I, for me, I can I can see may, maybe not too much in the first half because I think obviously Man United will try and do things their own way. Um, in in the first half, but obviously as the game goes on, um, and if it if it does stay nil nil, or even if you know Burnley get a get a goal on the on the counter, like I'm pretty sure they did last season anyway. Um, yeah. Man United will get frustrated, and they will end up taking pop shots, um, that you know end up straight at the keeper or. Or just yeah, or they're just dribblers, and you know that's that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> if they want to do that for ninety minutes, I'm not going to complain. Um, so long as you know they don't stick one in the top corner, or stick four or five in the top corner. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, so you, you, as you said, you've been here before. I think it was at Old Trafford. Burnley beat United two 0 last season. Uh, yeah, yeah. So sorry when I said and I'd that, been, you were, what I meant was the the matchup between the the teams. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So okay. So that that is the game I was thinking of because in that game I think Pope paid out what like sixty five, maybe seventy five p, uh, and that was before you had these changes to to the goalkeeper payouts where everything's getting bumped up by close to ten p a game probably. Yeah. So it's also when I was only doing a hundred shares a time. <laughs> Yeah, well, now you've gone big time. So, yeah. if it works out all right, you'll be you'll be looking very good. But I mean, his you you can bet the game plan is probably going to be for Burnley to try and frustrate United as much as possible, uh, drag it out, you know, get to half time having not conceded, and then from there they'll look again to the hour mark, um, and they'll look for set pieces that you know they've got very good delivery from set pieces, so they'll. They'll give United a challenge. Um, the thing that caught my eye, and I, I have taken this trade um, before we recorded the pod, was a long on James Tarkovsky at 41p. Now, his season average is only 40p. That's been rather dragged down by basically a few bad results. I think he, was, he paid out 14p against uh, against City. 
and that was obviously a horrible result. I think they lost 3-0 to Newcastle when he was first coming back into the team at the start of the season. They lost 3-0 to Chelsea as well. Um, and those those games he paid out, sort of 26, 28p, a few of them featured yellow cards. Um, so 41p generally for, for Tarkovsky is, is quite cheap, and particularly when you compare him to Ben Mee, who is 43p. Um, they, they both pull their weight in that partnership, but generally I think Tarkovsky is one or two p more. So to see him cheaper than Ben Mee surprised me. Um, if I actually went and did more research on it now, I'd probably be wildly disappointed and find out that it was, it's, it's an awful trade for some reason. But um, that one stood out to me. So I'm gonna, I, I've taken that. And I mean, someone like Matthew Loughton at 40p, uh, playing right back as well, I was quite interested in, but I'm not going to overexpose myself to the Burnley defence because I don't want it to be one of those those days like they had at Man City. <laughs> They'll be rare, but I just don't want to be on the, on the wrong end of that. No, absolutely. I can't. Yeah, I, I can't quite blame you there at all. Cool. I don't think I've got anything to to add here, Jay. We're, we're coming up to an hour now. Um, I think we're about done. Yeah, I think we are. Um, yeah. There's nothing else that I can uh, that I can think we, we need to add. Cool. Okay. I mean, the, the the Christmas period obviously has been quite quiet in respect of um, well, us and sports. Us. Well, yeah, us. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, as you said at the start, it's been a uh, it's been quite a hectic. I don't want to say year because obviously we had about three months off. Um, but you know, 2020 was uh, definitely a hectic second half of the year um, from when obviously. Sportstack uh, made its return. I mean, we have been, I mean, we've been pretty nonstop. Um, so whilst I think, you know, whilst I can speak for both of us in terms of, uh, you know, apologies that at, uh, at least this week's episode is um, a couple of days later than it than it normally is, um, we, we really needed the break. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We've been, yeah, I mean, we've been, we've been busy enough in the back end of last year. Obviously, the first few days of this year have been uh, been mental for both of us, one way or another. I, I mean, yeah. Jay, Jay texted me at about six o'clock on Monday, which is <laughs> the normal time we were recording. He was like, totally slipped my mind. Are we recording a pod tonight? I've just started a new job. And I was like, well... I've only I'm, just got home. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I've, I'm, I'm mid-moving into a new flat. So maybe not tonight. Uh, but, you know, we've got the, uh, the joy of an FA Cup weekend this weekend. Hurrah. Uh, so so we figured we'd, we'd maybe um, set this pod back a couple of days. Um, you guys can listen to it over the weekend and we'll be back. Well, I mean, we've done the, we've done the preview for Tuesday's games, but we might yeah, be recording I, the next pod before then. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe leave this, maybe leave that for maybe uh, Wednesday next week. I'm, yeah. not sure, I'm not sure when the market's all open for the sort of, Obviously, not this weekend's games. Next weekend's games. Um, you know when when they go sort of live. Maybe we can uh, have a look at have a look at recording then. So at least we've got something uh, substantial to uh, to preview. Yep, that makes a lot more sense. Um, we'll we'll get ourselves into a rhythm again once football kind of goes back to normal because obviously everything goes weird over the Christmas period. Um, Absolutely. Look forward to the Champions League coming back. Some of the Champions League ties will be really interesting. 
none of them particularly easy to pick that I can think of off the top of my head. So um, we'll, we'll see how that all goes. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, thank you for, for joining us, Jay. And yep. we will catch you all next week. Take care.